0: Welcome back uh, to uh, Hawthorne. As we begin this uh, new year with enthusiasm, combined with uh, a joy, the two, enthusiasm and joy, those two feelings that we have are used in Spanish with the word illusion, illusion, which is not illusion, where you're kind of in a in a fictitious place but illusion means uh, combination of joy enthusiasm hope uh, all these layers uh, that i hope hopefully is what you are experiencing now as you begin this new year to start we can picture the passage uh, from the gospel that we saw the other day when we celebrated the passion of saint john the baptist and we learned about the account of his death. We know the story of how Salome, uh, the the daughter of Herodias, uh, danced at uh, Herod's birthday party with all those guests in attendance. We can imagine it was an atmosphere of sensuality, uh, with the wine flowing and uh, lots of food and probably some bagels with cream cheese, I, I (laughs) I would imagine. Lots of tasty, expensive food. And uh, we know how Herod was so enthralled with this dance that he made an oath to Salome. She could ask whatever she wanted. Anything you want, I'll give it to you. Even half his kingdom. Quite an imprudent oath, but that's what he did. So we picture Salome there, young, probably a teenager. She's too anxious anxious to know what to do with this incredible invitation? She's kind of paralyzed by this. Well, what do I ask for? You know? So she didn't know what to ask for. So, well, there are probably many things she liked, uh, but she did not have a balanced sense of what was truly worthwhile asking for. What was truly good, what was lasting, what was a worthy investment in, in front of this uh, invitation. She could have asked for anything. But since she was young and unexperienced, she asked her mom. Maybe my mom can guide me. Big mistake. You know? But, uh, nevertheless, it's a bit of an image of our role with the parents and with their children to help us discern what is truly valuable? What is truly worthwhile? Imagine if they, upon being asked this, you can ask, you can have anything. Imagine if they were to ask for something that is merely secondary, of little importance. You ask, I can ask for everything. Well, I, I want the latest uh, iPhone. I want the latest uh, expensive shoes. You know, that's what I want even though in a very short time both those things will go out of fashion. We know that Herodias had a terrible grudge against John the Baptist, uh, the preacher, who did not mince words, who told her the truth about her situation of concubinage. He told her the truth, and she didn't like that. And we too, we have to say the truth, the truth about what counts the truth about what 's truly valuable, the greatest values now, when we imagine St. John the Baptist saying these these things, we imagine that he was very rough around the edges that he maybe was harsh and too direct, he looked so disheveled, he lived in the desert, maybe he didn 't have the social graces to be able to say this clearly or in a in a pleasant way so, he was so demanding on hissel- himself, he had an austere life and But that doesn't mean that he required that kind of life of others. I think he spoke the language that she could understand. That she needed to hear about her infidelities. But it was within the realm of her freedom to do something about it. And she freely decided no I will do what I want I like this life with its perks uh, and its recognition of being the first lady and uh, the obsequiousness of the servants and all the highfalutin society if I go back to my original husband it won't be as good so we have to imagine her making that free decision so you and I imagine now we're beginning this first uh, this new academic year and we have the opportunity to ask for anything Herodias's own judgment was already poisoned with resentment at John's strong words they had hit the mark and now she wanted to get back at him See what the poison of resentment and grudges can do to our own reason, to our way of thinking, to our prudence, to our judgment, to our very ability to make sound judgments. But as we begin this new year now, this new academic year, we must imagine you have one chance, one opportunity with this offer of a new year. It's an opportunity that only comes once in a lifetime. When I think of that expression, I can't help but thinking of the rapper Eminem from his 2002 song, Lose Yourself. Okay, this is the first opening line, okay? I have to say this, right? He says, with his sort of Detroit accent and, uh, you know, his groovy style, he says, uh, Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity, he doesn't say opportunity, he says opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> to seize everything you ever wanted in one moment. Would you cap- capture it or would you just let it slip? And then the, the song starts with his terrible struggles uh, in Detroit in some trailer, run-down trailer park and... Uh, A hostile environment with drugs. Well, that song won the Academy Award for best uh, theme theme song in a movie. I haven't seen the movie, but I know the song because all the kids—they just know all the words by heart, and they know especially that first, those first lines. If you had one shot, one opportunity. But we do want to seize the moment in our life right now, at the beginning of this school year. And the Lord in some ways is inviting us to ask for anything, to seize the moment. Because while well, we are dealing with young souls and parents that have entrusted us with their treasures, it's like a, like a treasure chest just, just, just like billowing over with riches. Now these treasures ultimately belong to God. And he has a plan for them. That's why it makes it all the more a, a treasure. Because it's a treasure that doesn't belong just to anybody. It belongs to God himself. And when, what we want to do, and this is the opportunity that we have, that we don't want to let slip out of our hands, we want to help give the foundations to that plan that doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God and they have the opportunity themselves with their freedom together with the advice of their parents. We want to give the stable foundations to say to their feet so that may, they may go on with confidence themselves to seize the opportunity that God offers them in their life. Now you and I, we will likely be forgotten. Or maybe just an unfocused image when they grow up, in their memory, and they become adults, they remember, maybe they remember the kind of maroon walls in the chapel, mm-hmm. something like that. They won't remember the priest, Pfft, whatever, some priest in a cassock, I don't remember his name, whatever. It was a nice guy, you know, maybe they'll say that. But they won't remember the questions I asked them in, the, in mass and stuff like that, because... But each one of them has their own call, their own talents. Hmm? Some of them, some of those young ones, may want to dig a hole in the ground and, and stick their talent there and kind of let it kind of stagnate and rot because of fear, fear of the world that they're around. And I would suggest that probably there are a lot of young girls there in in Hawthorne that have many talents, talents like intelligence, artistic flair, the ability to sing, the ability to entertain others, uh, maybe physical talents. I don't know sports. Uh, you can see some of those talents displayed in our gym here with these banners, right? You know, that we're very proud of, right? Finalists in whatever competitions they had in volleyball or what have you. you know? And maybe this year there will be more banners that we're going to add of being finalists or being winners or in some competition. We will be proud of that because that will be an expression of the talents that we have somehow nourished in them. But each one of those girls is called at one point to develop the talents that they have been given. Some have many, some have less and to make them grow, grow now, take responsibility for those talents, for what they can become. All we can do is develop their sense of freedom, their deep sense of responsibility, and their deep sense of initiative for what God has given them. Of course, when you're young, you know, they they don't have a deep sense of that necessarily. We want them to experience the joy and camaraderie at school, and this capacity they have in that context to make bonds to nurture those bonds. We have to foment those bonds with their friends. Many of the friends they make w- will you know serve them very well when they're here. I listened the other day to a talk given by Kevin Majors in uh, the Heights school in Potomac, Maryland. And he talks about addictions. He talks about addictions. To get, he's got a very good grasp of the actual neurological work that's going on in addictions. And he defines addictions as a fear or maybe a phobia of not being able to endure a situation that immediately attracts you in the moment. Or perhaps a phobia of having to endure a specific craving mm-hmm. that has a powerful pull on you the the craving to to click the next tiktok video mm-hmm. or the the craving of uh, any any number of you know little attractive things of course and if you give in to that craving obviously it just increases the cycle of dependence mm-hmm. and so at one point, he tries to explain the difference between the role of the left brain and the right brain. You know, you've probably heard about these two hemispheres in the brain, and which help us to understand a little bit, you could say, the ideals that we want to foment in these young girls when we understand I mean, I don't know how important uh, that distinction is, honestly, but it's a very helpful distinction to help us understand what our role is. You know, And he describes a well-known well division of the hemispheres of the brain. The left brain, which is all about uh, the practical ac- applications, about means, about kind of doing things from a technical point of view. It's like a very hands-on, focused moment. That's what the left brain tends to work on. Whereas the right side of the brain is different. It's almost like a different world. It's like a different brain. Mm-hmm. And it helps you and me to stand back to look at things from a further perspective from a broader perspective from higher up like from 30,000 feet up where you perceive things like meaning, purpose your mission you see ends Mm -hmm. and you can also see all those things that happen to you from a faith perspective the left brain is all about means the right brain is about ends ultimate ends Mm -hmm. and if we rely too much on the left hemisphere and if we let the girls rely too much on that uh, left hemisphere everything ends up just about getting things done getting homework done getting this done Uh, it's kind of like a a leads to a kind of poverty of motive in what they're doing why am i doing this and it could end up, if we all just live by the left hemisphere, we just, we're just we not motivated by anything that is truly transcendent. The left brain is problem-solving and ends up serving mainly lower ends rather than the higher ends, purposes. Hmm. And he basically suggests that we shouldn't get to ourselves, too left-brained, overly left-brained, Instead, and perhaps this is what we can foment in this new year in the girls, have moments of silence, that is, moments of, if you like, silence and transcendence, eh? which allows us to be more spiritual persons. eh? As St. Paul talked about yesterday in in the first reading, about the difference between the spiritual person and the unspiritual person. He makes that distinction, and surprisingly enough, it's a lot like the left brain and the right brain. He calls it homo spiritualis and homo animalis. Mm -hmm. The left brain is homo animalis. Mm -hmm. And of course, that helps us to understand what happens with the question of morality. When you view your moral life primarily in the left hemisphere of your brain, rather than the right, you experience moral life mainly in terms of rules rules and you can break the rules or you can keep the rules but the healthy right-brained soul for him or her morality is really about bonds the things that connect us we ultimately do the right moral thing because it deepens our bond with God with parents with others And that's where you get values like loyalty, fidelity. The loyalty and fidelity that I have towards another person. Obviously towards God as well. And this is of course what we must foment in this new year among the Hawthorne girls. The real bonds that exist with mom and dad, with my friends at school, with my teachers. The bonds. Not just about rules we can't run in the hallways we can't uh, I don't know Mm. left brain sees morality as rules a kind of infraction of these rules is kind of like seen like a technical violation Mm. I violated this rule well so I have to reconnect it and that's what can happen. Confession is just seen as a kind of re- a ritual of repenting uh, but it kind of becomes a rote thing. I did this wrong. Okay, whatever. I got to repent and then start over again. Eh? I just go to confession but maybe it's not really a spiritual act that reestablishes a bond. It's just like r- connecting a rule that was somehow broken. It doesn't lead to true sorrow. We have to help them see that often Jesus is happy with reconnecting the bond but not because we now fulfill a rule but because Jesus is your friend he loves you he's committed to you and he's committed to you through thick and thin and so we ask our Lord now that we be able to use the language that these girls that they can understand actually we're not going to explain to them left brain and right brain I don't maybe I don't I mean you know eh? because the left brain person and even the left brain child might end up having a quite impoverished um, view uh, of of life as just being completely rule-based of course we need rules of course but the real issue is not the breaking of rules but the Consequential weakening of the bonds—the bonds we have in work, the bonds we have with our friends, the bonds we have with our family, and of course the bonds we have, the 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 ties we have with uh, with our God, our Lord. And when those bonds are weakened, all the rails come off. And for us, we need to have a good idea of freedom, because if you only think from the left side of the brain. Eh, Freedom is just unlicensed, unrestrained license to do uh, whatever I want. But freedom is not that. It's really the ability to maintain and deepen the bonds, the purpose of my life. So, well, to finish, we know. Youth is a time of discovery. And... uh, we have to help them exercise their talents and help them to discover their talents so that these talents can bear fruit. We have to identify when those talents are just dug into the ground and end up just kind of rotting there. Let's ask this of our Lord so that uh, well, we, we take this opportunity that the Lord has given us with... A great spirit of enthusiasm, great spirit of confidence in God, that we are instruments, we are just instruments. Mm-hmm. We have to dream about these children. Mm-hmm. So these talents really are, are nurtured, not just miraculously, not just uh, sort of naturally, but, but by their cooperation, by their understanding of freedom. Mm-hmm. And they can be the children of God, Responding to their divine vocation, whatever that may be, and thereby increase the bonds eh, with all those around us. And, 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 and we too have to increase the bonds among ourselves. It has to be a very united family. Eh? And each one, of course, that increasing that bond with God our Lord. Our Lady, our Blessed Mother, she'll intercede for us so that this happens, and it happens in an atmosphere of joy an atmosphere of enthusiasm and a, a real understanding that this is our purpose and it's a great purpose, it's a great vocation eh, to be a, a teacher, especially if we understand that in the end we might hide and disappear, eh, but those, those servants of God eh, will grow eh, to, to live out their divine vocation. Our, our Lady will help us and intercede for us so that this becomes I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.